Welcome to the Gifted to Give podcast. I am Brother Gian. If you're new to podcasting, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share to all of you how wonderful God is as we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. Good day, listeners. We have once again Monsignor Achilles Dakai as he will preach and teach to us the good news of the gospel for this Sunday, June 6, 2021. We have a great number of listeners, downloads, and interactions. We at Gifted to Give Podcast would like to thank everyone for their support. And now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Monsignor Achilles Dakai. Once more, thank God it's Friday. So good morning to all of you, wherever you may be. Good morning to all your respective families, relatives, and friends. And most welcome once more to this, our Bible study in online. Again, I say, we are not studying the whole Bible. We are not studying even the New Testament. We are not studying even all the Gospels, but only the Holy Gospel that is proclaimed at Sunday Mass. So we are here to only study so that we understand more the message of every Sunday. So we look forward to next Sunday, January 6th, which is a great feast. A great feast in honor of a doctrine, in honor of a truth, in honor of a teaching. As you already know, a feast is celebrated, but the truth, the doctrine, the teaching is taught. The feast is celebrated at least once a year. It all depends on the titles or else you celebrate many times during the year the feast, for example, of St. Joseph under different titles as uh, the worker we had uh, Saint Joseph on May 1 as the husband of Mary we had a feast of Saint Joseph on May 8 in Mandawi then under the title of uh, the patriarch we had uh, the feast celebrated in Mabolo the same with the Blessed Virgin Mary Blessed Virgin Mary had many feasts during the year, but only one truth about the Blessed Virgin Mary. The same with our Lord. There have been many feasts celebrated in honor of uh, the events in the life of Jesus, for example, the resurrection, the ascension, the Pentecost, so the same thing will happen next Sunday. It's a great feast called Corpus 
Christi. Two Latin words which means which mean the most holy body and blood of Christ. A body that is living already has blood in it, so it's called corpus. A body without blood in it, because it's dead, it's called in English corpse. But we are using the word, Latin word corpus to precisely mean the living body, blood of Christ. So we are focusing our reflection on the feast, not so much on the truth. The truth is taught uh, long ago during the time of Jesus, but the feast is really relatively new. So we shall do that, but before anything else, let us pray. Almighty Father, send your Holy Spirit on all of us so that we may read your word with faith reflect on it with love and uh, realize it with hope following the example of Jesus Christ your son from whom we find uh, freedom fulfillment and uh, the future with you forever in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So now, may I request Miss Julienne to read the Gospel for next Sunday, a feast, because the readings for next Sunday are taken from the feasts of our Lord during ordinary time. So the Gospel next Sunday will not be that of the 10th Sunday in ordinary time, but of the Feast of Corpus Christi in Latin, in Cebuano, Mahal nga Lawas Ugdugo ni Cristo. So, may I now kindly ask Ms. Gillian to read for us the assigned Gospel According to St. Mark chapter 14, it starts with verse 12 and goes to 16, and then it jumps to 22 till verse 26. That is St. Mark by cycle B, because we will also try to touch on the gospel for next Sunday cycle A according to St. John and the Gospel for next Sunday cycle C according to St. Luke. So here now we open our respective copies of the Bible and let us listen as we read ourselves the text from St. Mark. So take it away Miss Gillian. On the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, 
Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you, carrying a jar of water. Follow him. Wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. The disciples then went off, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. While they were eating, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. Amen, I say to you, I shall not drink again the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Thank you, Gillian. As we have been saying, we are celebrating next Sunday a feast of Corpus Christi. This feast, and on this I will focus my reflection, this feast is relatively new. It was first established only in the 13th century, about 1246. In the Philippines, we celebrate this feast since, of course, maybe 1521, 500 years ago. We celebrate this feast only once a year on the Sunday after the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. May 30. But when this feast was first established, it was celebrated on a Thursday before the Trinity Sunday. So we have in the Philippines uh, an, an arrangement done by the Catholic Bishops' Conference of the Philippines. But let us concentrate on this feast. It's, I repeat, celebrated only once a year because the truth about the Blessed Sacrament, about the body and blood of Christ, is taught at every Mass we celebrate. So let us again focus our attention on this feast. You know how this feast was first established? It was first established in Leeds, Belgium. What happened? The Archbishop then, Archdeacon of Leeds, James Pantaleon, 
was informed, was reported to by uh, an Augustinian nun. There was an Augustinian nun who was granted a series of visions of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Then one night as she was adoring the Blessed Sacrament, she heard a voice from the tabernacle asking her very kindly, can you not take me out of the tabernacle, out of the church, and take me out to the four corners of every parish so that lifted high on a monstrance, I might draw to myself those who are at least unchurched so that they would have the opportunity to at least take a look at me, Jesus said. Now this was reported by the nun to the Archbishop then James Pantaleon. Eventually, James Pantaleon was elected Pope and he took the name Urban IV. He immediately ordered, not only in his archdiocese, but he ordered that it be celebrated, the Feast of Corpus Christi, to the whole world. But eventually, Pope Urban IV died. And who took over, who succeeded him? Pope Clement IV. It was fourth Clement IV who instructed, commissioned, then Dominican friar Tam Thomas Aquino, St. Thomas of Aquinas, because the main feature of the Corpus Christi was precisely the taking out of the tuber of, of the Blessed Sacrament on a monstrance and in a solemn procession, at least stopping on every of the four street corners. And Thomas Aquinas was composing hymns for the procession, which we now know as the Pangilingua, like Tantum Ergo, like Solitaris Ostia or Lauda Sion. When uh, this was being celebrated, yes, the whole world was trying to celebrate the feast starting from Leeds, Belgium. <coughs> then, when the church tried to study the truth about the Blessed Sacrament. Every year, every year, on the Thursday before Trinity, after, after Trinity Sunday, but now in the Philippines it's on a Sunday. So this is now my focus. Now that we are celebrating the 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines in 1521, 
there was already this feast of Corpus Christi. How do we now celebrate Corpus Christi with the main feature, the solemn procession on the streets, since we are ordered to stay at home and to keep social distancing? This is what I am trying to suggest. You know, last Sunday, or last week, we reflected on the truth of the most blessed Trinity. And we did not come out with proofs or further proofs because we all really believe in that truth. But how did we reflect on it? By trying to understand more what are we saying at the very beginning of the Holy Mass in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the, whole, of the Holy Spirit. So, without going into theology, we were trying to realize it in our daily lives from the very beginning of Mass. This time, Corpus Christi, I suggest we focus on how the Mass is ended. So, on the concluding rite of the Mass. Since we cannot go out in a solemn procession as a group, since we can attend Mass online, let us try to focus our attention on what we hear at the end of every Mass. When the celebrant says, Go forth, the Mass is ended. We have been blessed by the celebrant, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Where do we go from there? Go forth. So we now go straight to home. Go home. So there at home, from the church to home, how do we proceed? Not in a solemn procession, but by ourselves who have heard the gospel during the Mass and have received Holy Communion during the Mass. How does each one of us, therefore, take Jesus out from the tabernacle within us to home? Exactly like what the Blessed Virgin Mary did after it was announced that she would conceive in her womb the Son of God. She immediately went out from Nazareth to Ein Karen. What for? To precisely share Jesus in her womb. So how do we now do that? You know, the concluding rite has different formula. It's either go forth, the Mass is ended, or go announce the Gospel of the Lord, or go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. 
So this now is the challenge. When we hear the celebrant dismissing us, he is not just telling us to go. No, he is tasking us, commissioning us to announce the gospel or to glorify God by our life. That is what we are supposed to do. How do we do that, therefore? It all really depends on how the Mass is celebrated and how the Mass is attended actively by the congregation and very well wisely celebrated by the priest. If the Mass has been well celebrated and well attended, I tell you, when the celebrant says, go forth, the Mass is ended, I'm sure, I'm sure. Individually and collectively, we would say, thanks be to God. But if, if the Mass has been badly celebrated and badly attended, I'm sure, when the priest says, tapos na ang misa, we will say, Myra. So this is a challenge not only to whoever would attend Mass, but celebrate it as if Mother Teresa of Calcutta has advised us for many years before she died, O priest of God, celebrate your Mass as if it were your first Mass, your last Mass, and your only Mass. That is the only way you can celebrate your Mass. And after, at the end of it, when the Mass is ended, then the people say together, thanks be to God. So what do we do now? How do we announce the Gospel of the Lord as we cross the streets and go up home? How do we announce that? How do we proclaim the gospel we have heard during Mass? How do we apply it at Mass? We have already said this. In accordance with what we have learned at Mass, if we have been taught well at Mass, then we try to, for example, order our priorities. As I have said many times before, our priorities are God before any man, faith above reason, and spirit over matter. How do you announce the gospel of the Lord? Not so much by what you believe in as by how you behave accordingly. How? As created by God, as redeemed by Jesus, and as sanctified by the Holy Spirit. At least that. How do you announce the gospel of the Lord to each other in the family and in the neighborhood? Remember, Jesus said, When I am lifted up, I shall draw all to myself. The solemn procession of Corpus Christi is meant precisely 
to, to lift up Jesus on a monstrance so that he would draw at least the unchurched, those who have lost or those who have lacked their faith in Jesus, would come inside the church. It is a call to conversion. So the same thing with us. If each one of us has been a tabernacle because we have heard Jesus in his gospel and we have received his body and blood in Holy Communion, we are like Mary in her womb with Jesus, taking Jesus out. And what happened in the, the family of Zechariah and Elizabeth, everybody was exulting with joy. And that is what we are supposed to give. If we have been gifted with the blessing of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we must give joy by bringing to everyone at home and neighborhood the gospel. How do we therefore glorify the Lord by our life? To glorify is to give honor. To give honor is to reveal who God is. I have told you this before. When we say glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are saying that to ourselves. We are challenging ourselves to behave so that you reveal by your conduct who God is, who the Father is, who the Son is, and who the Holy Spirit is. You glorify when you grow and you glow. But you grow when you attend Mass day after day and learn from the Gospel as well as from the body and blood of Christ. Then you glow. By good example, you draw people to the church. So, Corpus Christi is a challenge for all of us to grow at mass, then to go and at home or in the neighborhood to glow. So we cannot therefore be growing for ourselves alone. We have to grow also for others. Remember, huh? The parable of the mustard seed. The mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds, once planted on the ground, and once it grows, it grows big, and it puts out branches. But the branches has to be strong because the vine would invite birds of the air to come and make their nests on the branches. That is what we are supposed to do. Don't let us keep the gospel we hear or the body and blood we receive to ourselves. We must try by our conduct, by how we behave, so that those who see us, who are in touch with us, may be drawn without pushing, without dragging them, may be drawn by your good example to come also to church.
So this is how we celebrate, I suggest, this Corpus Christi 2021. While we are celebrating the 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines, let us show to the whole world that we are ready to know more, do more, have more, in order to be more. Those are words of St. Pius or St. Paul VI, the Pope who succeeded St. John XXIII. We have to know more by studying the Bible, do more works of charity, have more, and then to be more, to be more human and humane, to be more God-fearing citizens, to be more law-abiding Christians, to really be better than before. So this Corpus Christi is a call to conversion, to us priests that we may celebrate the Mass as well as we can, and to you, parishioners, to attend Mass as well as you can. So here, I have said enough on the feast. I repeat, this feast of Corpus Christi is of course celebrated on this Sunday, but a parallel feast is celebrated on Holy Thursday, if you remember. Also about the blood, the body and blood of Christ, but the feast of the Holy Thursday is a day of somehow sorrow. Yes, there is a procession, but inside the church, a procession from the altar of the Mass to the altar of repose for the Visita Iglesia. But the Corpus Christi is celebrated only once outside the tabernacle, outside the church. Since we may not be able to do that this year, let us try to see how we can go forth. Where to? Home. What for? To announce the gospel of the Lord and to glorify the Lord by our conducts. So this is how we should try to make holy the Lord's Day, Sunday, by attending Mass on Sunday as well as we can, and to celebrate uh, the Mass as if it were our only Mass, our last Mass, our first Mass. So here I pause for your questions that may help me further explain what I have so far not well explained. And those who may make reflections on their own, you are free to do that. Question from Elizabeth Go. Good morning, Monsignor. 
we can glow at mass go to others and grow in the homily of the priest is good thank you Nior, for this bible study listening from you make us glow go and grow spiritually thank you abit go for your reflection that's what i am trying to do for all its worth that's what i'm trying to do to make you understand better what mass is all about because it is not just attendance at mass but active participation in the liturgy of the world as well as in the liturgy of the Eucharist okay from Janine Vestil hi Monsignor you have said very well that one thing is the fierce and another the truth about the body and blood of Christ may you tell us more on the truth thank you <laughs> okay uh, as I have said from the very beginning there is much to say already about the feast but now if since you want to know more about the truth which has been taught by Jesus Christ himself it's precisely in the three Gospels that we have we read for cycle A according to John to cycle B this year according to Mark and cycle C next year according to St. Luke the three Gospels should really be read and reflected on on this Sunday because look the Holy body and blood of Christ is a mystery we even take it as the, the the fifth mystery of light the institution of the Holy Eucharist but remember Jesus taught this truth step by step by what we said by what he said and what he did what did he say in John for cycle A he would say right in the synagogue of Capernaum I am the living bread and my flesh is the bread that I will give and I will give you the bread so that you may live so you must eat my body and drink my blood so that is taught in John. How he would do to prove that he has power over bread, over wine, over his body, precisely that's what St. Luke has recorded in his Gospel for Cycle C when Jesus performed the miracle of multiplication of the loaves of bread to show that he has power over bread that the few he could make many the small he could make big aside from that miracle we go back to the first miracle he performed at Cana of Galilee when he changed water to wine and to prove that he had power over 
wine. Then lastly, he performed a third miracle by walking on the waters of the Sea of Galilee to show that he had power over his body. Now, mark precisely in this cycle B gospel for next Sunday, records for us what happened on the Last Supper. Jesus, and we know this very well, took bread. He blessed it. He broke it and distributed it and said, This is my body. He did not say, This looks like my body. He did not say, This seems to be my body. No. He said, This is my body. And remember, if we believe Jesus, when categorically he says, I am who am. I am the, the good shepherd. I am the true vine. And now he says, I am bread. You must believe him. Because he is truthful and he is trustworthy. So I repeat, the three Gospels, Ma, Ma, uh, John, Mark, and Luke, should be read and reflected on, on this day so that you understand the truth about the most blessed body and blood of Christ. From Chelsea Kukaryun, good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. You have helped us celebrate the feast of Corpus Christi. I have no question but just to say, Salamat Kaayun. That's my purpose, my honest good to goodness intention to help you understand what's it all about. From Jillian Vestil, good morning Monsignor. My question is, how is the feast of Corpus Christi related to the International Eucharistic Congress? Oh, that's very good. Very good question because the International Eucharistic Congress, which we celebrated here the 51st International Eucharistic Congress started in Leeds, Belgium, precisely. In Leeds, Belgium, where the Corpus Christi was first celebrated, the first International Eucharistic Congress was held in Leeds, Belgium. And the purpose is precisely to expand the, what the Corpus Christi was meant to be so that out in the public we have processions and discussions etc and if you still remember 2016 was the 51st International Eucharistic Congress and a living witness to that is our pavilion we should always try to understand what truths, what lessons, what teachings we have been taught to learn and live by. I remember the sermons, the homilies given by cardinals here during the Eucharistic Congress were very great sermons and homilies. But I'm sorry to say that very few of us have kept a record of what they said so that we may 
have the privilege and the responsibility to live up to them. So the next International Christi Congress after ours was in Budapest, the 52nd in 2020. So every four years, the International Christi Congress celebrated actually as a daughter celebration from the Corpus Christi in Leeds, Belgium, 2046. Now 1246 and now 2021. From Gunter Ibanez, thank you, Monsignor, for sharing your time with us and helping us in our walk with the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your interest, for your continued interest, and your initiative to precisely sit down and understand better by reading, reflecting, and realizing the Sunday Gospel. I repeat, next Sunday Gospels, John, Mark, and Luke should be read carefully. From Connie Sinifranca, Monsignor, thank you for your insight on how to celebrate the feast of Corpus Christi, even without the procession of the monstrance. We'll try to do that as best as I can. For yes. now, can you please repeat what you said about those priorities, God before man? Again and again, I say this because this is one principle, you know, the principles are challenges for us to fight for. But remember, huh? it is often easy to fight for principles than to live up to them. So the first principle I would say, God before any man. Faith above reason and spirit over matter. This is the principle that Jesus taught Martha. Remember? When Jesus went up the house of Martha, Martha, yes, welcomed him, but she lacked an order of priorities. Immediately, she went to the kitchen to cook for something Jesus to eat. But Jesus said, Martha, Martha, that is not correct. You have no order of priorities. The priority is when I come up to a house as a guest, I eventually become the host and I call the shots and I have come to teach, not to eat. So Mary here at my feet is doing better than you in the kitchen. So order of priorities. God before any man, faith above reason, and spirit over matter. That's only one principle that you have to live up to and try to all the time. Before you ask anything else, I remember what can we take out of every Mass that is ended and take home in private procession these two principles? One, remember during Mass, the celebrant has to observe 
what is written in red letters called rubrics when the priest says my brothers and sisters let us acknowledge our sins there is a pause for silent reflection and every priest must pause must stop for silent reflection why Pope Benedict when he was still with us he said among other things we should take home that brief moment of silence because what we need at home is precisely a moment of silence to repent and be forgiven or to forgive the repentant we must have that moment of silence secondly when the priest celebrant says let us pray again there is that pause for silent reflection must pause according to pope benedict because we need a moment of silence to pray at home together as a family and to take the fa the family prayer as first source or resource of strength and courage and wisdom and not as the last resort when we are all in trouble prayer so those two moments of silence at mass should be observed by the celebrant whoever he is bishop archbishop cardinal or pope he should pause because that is a very important silence it's very meaningful it's very significant so that the mass would begin well and wisely and end as well and as wisely and the people would say thanks be to god and not say maira so my postscriptum to this is if at the beginning of mass in the name of the father son and the holy spirit the grace of our lord the love of god and communion saints be with you are very important very significant you should not come late you should know no one should come late and so at the end of every mass when we are blessed with the father son and the holy spirit and we are tasked we are commissioned to go forth announce the gospel live by the gospel you know one no one should leave during much less before the concluding rite i know that there are some <laughs> it's because also the announcements are longer than the, the sermon so people get out while the announcements are done so if the announcements are just simple short and straight to the point i know the church goers will stay put for the concluding task and commission there is a mission to accomplish a ministry to perform and a message to deliver we should all hear that and say thank you lord we shall perform our ministry accomplish our mission and deliver our message so 
COVID-19 notwithstanding, we should go on celebrating Corpus Christi by precisely living up to the principles we have stated here, we have pronounced and demonstrated. Don't let us be discouraged. This is a great feast that we can celebrate this way. When the Mass is ended, we are each one challenged to live up to the principles that Jesus has taught us to live up to. If you may remember, in our olden times, we were told to go to Mass if you have a new dress, a new pair of shoes, a new haircut. And we were told once we get out of the church never to spit on the ground. Ayagud pang lua. Keep Jesus in you till you get home. So that's good for us to be reminded of what we used to do before. So here I stopped as um, you yourselves may be closing your own Bibles and notebooks. And I say, see you again next Friday, God willing. And so here uh, and now I say, the Lord be with you. May the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ciao, hasta la vista. Wow, that was an amazing talk given by Monsignor Achilles Dakai. We are so grateful for the Lord for sending Monsignor Dakai to share God's word to all of us. We would like to thank again Monsignor Achilles Dakai and also to our heartfelt gratitude goes to all of you who joined interacted and asked a question for Monsignor Dakai. Hear more from Monsignor Dakai again next weekend. This is once again the Gifted to Give podcast for your ears only. I am Brother Guillen signing off. Have a blessed Sunday to all and to God be the glory. You have just listened to the Gifted to Give podcast with your host, Brother Guillen, Brother John, and Father Jojo. Catch our next episode. This episode of the Gifted to Give podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to our Facebook page at 500 Years of Christianity, Archdiocese of Cebu. If you love the Gifted to Give podcast, love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review everywhere you listen to your podcast. Till next time, 